sport administrators, sport fans and participants themselves. Sarah and Ash sit down with a bunch of inspiring female leaders from within the sports industry who share their journey of achieving their aspirations. Welcome back to our next episode of the Sports Intuition Podcast. We're very excited to have today's guest who sits on both sides of the fence in sport. By day, Jen Simmons is the General Manager of Marketing and Industry Development at Gymnastics Victoria. And during her spare time, Jen serves on, as the current president of Women's Sport Australia. Jen has spent the last 10 years working for numerous sports organisations such as Netball Australia, Racing.com, the Melbourne Rebels and now Gymnastics Victoria. Through her role as president of Women's Sport Australia, Jen is tasked with driving the vision to make sport equitable for all and offering program and advocacy support to support females in sport. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Jen. We're so excited to have you. Really looking forward to our chat today. Uh, as some listeners might know, we always like to start with the same question. So I'm really keen to hear, what was your earliest memory of sport? Oh, I was raised as a big AFL fan. Like I, yeah, from the get-go was in my hawk scarf and down at Waverley Park with my, like my mum was a big sort of driver of my passion for footy. She loves footy. My dad also loves footy, but mum and dad, they barrack for different football teams. So mum's a hawk supporter, dad's a Richmond supporter. So they had a pre-birth agreement that the girls go for the Hawks and the boys go for the Tigers. So mum just worked really hard on me and was just getting me into footy. So I loved attending the footy. I became a massive Hawks supporter. I think the Hawks had a member get member driving like marketing campaign and I convinced all my primary school friends to be Hawks fans and members. So I think, yeah, like it was definitely in my blood from an early age. And in terms of me playing sport, I was a netballer. I sort of did the net and netball thing and then played in the local competition in Ashburton and then in the competition in MLC. And yeah, it was never too much chop on the netball field or the court, but I, yeah, really loved playing and being active and the sort of social aspect of sport. So yeah, it was just sort of a bit of a driving passion from an early age and then was something that I just wanted to sort of recreate in later life as well. And it sort of started for me, I did my year 10 work experience at the Hawks. I was such a massive supporter that I contacted them about a year before work experience saying, I want to come and do my work experience with you. And yeah, ended up doing a week with the Hawks in their communications team. And I was like, this is my dream job. This is amazing. So that sort of set me on the path of wanting to work in sport. And yeah, the rest is sort of like it was, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to it. But that was sort of the early memories of sport for me. Pretty happy household in the last, what, 10 years between the Hawthorne and Richmond premierships. So that's a little bit jealous as a North Melbourne supporter who hasn't seen one in <laughs> over 20 years. Exactly. Do you think if AFL was more was similar to what it is now in terms of female participation, you would have played AFL? It's an interesting one. Like it's sort of I, I watch sort of my fiance, his niece plays um AFL. She's done sort of AFL Oz kick and absolutely loved it. And it's like I, I I see a lot of like myself in her and I was like, I reckon I probably would have. Like if it was openly available and you could see the pathway as much as you can now, I think I probably would have. I don't think I would have gone too far because 
probably someone who doesn't like the really sort of hard action sort of hitting and things, but hence why I work in sort of more gymnastics and dance is my sort of other sort of sport and recreation background. But yeah, I definitely think I would have given it a crack given that I had such a passion for it. So yeah, could have been, who knows? Yeah, it's just really interesting because I think a lot of people we've had on who spoke to their love of footy or NRL or cricket and potentially didn't get the opportunity to play it much as a kid because the opportunities just weren't there. And I just wonder how much that sort of inspired their career as they've moved on and had such a focus in empowering women and girls to play whatever sport they want to. Oh, yeah, I think it like definitely would be a driving force. Like it's certainly like the work that I do with Women's Sport Australia is all voluntary. So everything that I do on that board and that all of us directors do is in our own time, just wanting to try and make a difference for girls. Like what drives me is that when I have kids, I want my daughter to have the same opportunity as my son. It's a really good segue because a lot of people probably don't know that your role at Women's Sport Australia is completely voluntary. So how did you first get involved with Women's Sport Australia and what does being president involve? Yeah, so I actually first got involved with Women's Sport Australia through the mentoring program that we offer. So I had sort of recently started as the manager of marketing and communications at Gymnastics Victoria and my boss put me forward for the program saying, I think this would be really good for your career development. And I had a look at it and said, yeah, sounds good. It was sort of a three hour or four hour workshop, one Friday afternoon, sort of all about sort of confident communication, networking opportunities, career development, sort of boards and committees. And yeah, it was just a nice group of sort of females that worked in sport and the facilitators were really, really interesting. And I'm quite inquisitive, so I asked lots of different questions. And after that session, you do a bit of a networking event and then subsequently Women's Sport Australia match you with mentors that can be male or female working within sort of sport that can help you to progress your career. But for me, during the networking session after the mentoring workshop, one of the facilitators, Carol Fox, was the president of Women's Sport Australia. And she was like, now, Jen, like you really impressed me in that session there. You were asking a lot of questions about boards and committees. Would you be interested in sort of potentially coming and seeing what we do at Women's Sport Australia and sort of stepping on to a casual vacancy on our board. I think you've got a lot of energy. You've worked in sport a lot. We need someone who sort of knows digital communication. And I think you've got that sort of skill set. And I was a bit like, oh, I didn't know people like my age. I was maybe 28, like went on boards. Like I thought that was something you did when you were way older. But lo and behold, I was like, yeah, let's give it a crack. Why not? And yeah, sort of started in a casual vacancy sort of position, I think like August of 2017. And then the AGM was held in September or the start of October and was voted onto the board. So yeah, like it was a bit of a sort of whirlwind and I was sort of like, I don't really know what this means all that much. But yeah, so it's a group of sort of 10 or 11 sort of volunteer directors that sort of put extra time into creating opportunities for women and girls that either play sport, work in sport, are involved in sports media. We've sort of got a few different projects on the go and yeah, we've got long-standing things like the mentoring program. We've got a fantastic Women in Sport Photo Action Award competition, which is currently open for photographic submissions. So, 
yeah, there's just a few different things and we're finding that like people come to us with different ideas being a national sort of body. So yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It was two years of like being a general director on the board. Then I stepped into the deputy chair role sort of 2019-2020 and then Carol was sort of coming to the end of her term as president. She was like, Jen, I think you're our next president. So I assumed that role in October last year. So yeah, it's it's been fantastic and I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, like it's definitely not probably five years ago if you said to me that I'd be president of a board, I'd be like, what? So, yeah. And how have you seen since, um, you know, joining five years ago, how have you seen, I guess, the narrative, the support, the investment into women's sport change over that period of time? Oh, it's certainly been a huge time of change in sport and it and it's been fantastic. Like, I think, like, obviously, sort of there's sports that have been doing opportunities for women and girls for a very long time, and that's always been an equal focus of theirs. But a lot of the very mainstream sort of broadcast sports really had that agenda to create women's teams and women's leagues and competitions. And it's really sort of been, yeah, kicked off by I'm in Victoria, so I everyone looks at the AFLW as a big example, but sort of the W League soccer has led the way. The Big Bash cricket have a fantastic sort of women's policy and making sure that their sport is really leading the way in women and girls' participation. But, yeah, like a, there's sort of other sports that have followed. So it's been... It's been a fantastic decade for women's sport to really grow and I'm just hoping that we get back to exactly where we were because of that sort of jump that we ended up with in COVID. Just that was a bit of an eye-opener that sort of all sports stopped and then it was really like let's get the boys' sport back and the girls' sport sort of trickled in sort of a little bit later but it's just making sure that we get back to those competitions in their sort of natural form and continue to grow as much as the sort of emphasis has been put on the men's game. It's a really good point oh, I think and I think we do it on this podcast we talk about the AFLW probably a lot but you know like you said cricket I think we've spoken about that a lot more recently but them and the W League like they were you know, really paving the way for quite a while. And similar to the sport you're working in now, gymnastics is predominantly a female sport, whereas prior to that you were at the Rebels. I can imagine there was a few differences between working at the two. Can you maybe talk us through some of that? Oh, definitely. I would say like all four of the sports that I've worked in have been very different. Like you've got sort of your netball and your gymnastics, which is very sort of female-centric, like lots of sort of female staff members and yeah, just a much more sort of oh, collaborative sort of approach into sort of the way that you do things, which I think sort of harks back to a lot of the ways that sort of females work and we like to discuss things and analyse things and and everything. So those two workplaces have been very different from the two male-dominated workplaces that I've worked in, being Racing.com and the Melbourne Rebels. Like I had fantastic experiences at both of them, but it's just sort of very different. Like when you've got predominantly sort of men around the office, like things are done sort of quite differently to when you've got predominantly women. So yeah, I think I've grown from every one of the experiences that I've had in sport, but I've also gotten better at discerning what, where my strengths lie. So like I 
worked with racing.com and I didn't know much about horse racing and wasn't really exactly sure about the sort of gambling aspect of it. But I was like, hey, it's something to try. Let's give it a go. And after about six months, I was like, this actually isn't the right role for me. I just, I don't feel right being here. So I chose to leave that role and find something different. And like I found my job with the Rebels and that was really, really great. It was going through an interesting sort of time of private ownership and sort of pulling away from Rugby Australia, who were the Australian Rugby Union sort of association before that. So yeah, it's been like definitely all the experiences that I've had, I've definitely learned from, but I must say I'm really happy in gymnastics. I've been there for five years almost now. So yeah, it's it's definitely sort of just finding the right environment, even though sports, people say I want to work in sports, it's finding the right sport and the right sporting environment for you to work in. Yeah, I think that's a good point you made there around, you know, your time at racing.com, you, you were enjoying it and things like that, but you just realised the role wasn't for you was it a hard thing to work through that decision I imagine you were still quite young did you have any hesitation around oh people will think that no I'm leaving because I I can't do this or yeah I guess the decision for yourself yeah definitely and it was really interesting because even afterwards like I'd been sort of Jen who was digital communications manager at netball and then I went into Jen who's social media strategist at racing.com and then I like decided to leave that role and then I was just like oh wow I'm just Jen like it's weird when you don't have that job anymore and you can't sort of like you need to like look at your own identity and exactly how you want to define yourself and everything so yeah it was definitely a decision that like I think I sort of was probably like oh I've got enough experience I'll be able to find something pretty quickly but I ended up like I think I did a little bit of traveling and then did a little bit of social media consulting because I just, I didn't want to take a job that I wasn't really sort of, didn't have a really good feeling about after sort of just not really trusting myself with the racing job and sort of really thinking through all of the things about, do I like this? Am I going to be happy to spend my weekends at the races every weekend? Like, do I agree with the amount of money sort of coming into the sport through gambling and just sort of those kind of questions. So I I was much more discerning when I was looking for jobs, but it did sort of take a bit of time for me to rebuild up my confidence just because I think I just thought that I'd found, find another job straight away. So yeah, it was a good lesson. Yeah. yeah, it's a good story. It's a good lesson because I think, you know, like you said, you're a little bit hesitant and things like that and worried after you left, but it's worked out for the better and you found a role and roles that you've probably enjoyed a lot more in the long term. I had a similar experience. I went and worked in local government for about six to 12 months and quickly realised it wasn't for me, but um, it gave me a chance to work out what I really did want to oh, work on. So I just think it's a really, really exactly. nice message for people who are thinking about their next step. Yeah, I did a short-term contract at a big... I don't know whether I'm allowed to sort of say it or anything, but I like worked with Officeworks for like covering a short-term sort of contract. And I was just like, this is not for me. Like there was a huge marketing team and everyone was doing all these different like jobs and like it was just 30 people in a team that I was used to having three people. So it was just bizarrely like an experience that I was like, oh no, get me back to sport. Like this is, that's where I want to be. So yeah, you learn from each of your experiences that you have and yeah, you just get to that job that's going to be right for you. 
A lot of people, when we talk about women's sport, you know, obviously think automatically on the field or on the court or the the athletes, but there's still a whole group of people advocating for women to, to be in leadership positions within sport. And I guess in your role as president of Women's Sport Australia, what do you think, I guess, about the current, I guess, climate of women in sport in leadership positions? Because recently and, and probably at the moment, there aren't many female CEOs or or women in leadership positions for whatever reason. Yeah, it's it's a really it's definitely a keen observation. Like it is something that is quite sort of troubling and especially to sort of the next generation coming through if they're not seeing people in those positions. A bit like sort of what we talked about earlier in that like if you've been playing AFLW when you were younger and you'd seen the women playing in the elite level like you do today, it just would have inspired you a lot more. So we need to sort of apply that same lens to women working in sport. And if you're not seeing women at the top sort of level being supported as CEOs or not lasting very long or being bullied out and things like that, then that's a real problem because it's not going to sort of create that pathway that women feel like they can actually get those roles. So I think it's sort of, it's a generational thing. I think we're still sort of living in the generation of the sort of pale male stale sort of people being in charge and that really like the next generation coming through are going to sort of start to question that and they're going to start to have a lot more equality and sort of those ideas that women can take those top jobs as opposed to men. So, yeah, it's just about enabling women to back themselves into those situations because that's another thing. Often we hear that we just don't have as many women applying for the top roles because they, you've heard it before, they look at a job ad and they're like, oh, I can do 95%, but I can't do that other 5%. Whereas men look at the job description and they're like, yeah, I can do 50% of that. I'll learn the rest. So, Sometimes I think we don't put ourselves forwards for those roles. So, yeah, I just would encourage everyone to back themselves, to speak to those people that have been in those roles and sort of learn from their experience and how you can sort of one day get there yourself. That's certainly what I've done. So, yeah, like I think the times are going to change, but it's just going to take a few really sort of cutting edge women to get out there and have those positions and show that, like there's opportunities for women that want to make that their career pathway. Yeah, you spoke there about how important it is to, I guess, have someone that you can aspire to so you see that it's possible. And I think a big part of what we're trying to do on this podcast is share those stories because, like we've said numerous times, we work with so many amazing women who are doing so many good things in sport. We want everyone to know about it. We had Lee Russell on recently and she's just started her socials where she's trying to promote these things and she's working through that as well. And then obviously there's the amazing work that your organisation is doing and the programs that you're offering. Do you think we need to do something to consolidate a lot of those different things that are going on or is it just the more voices we can have out there, the better. And we just need to make sure we're not duplicating too much. I feel like maybe you've been reading our Women's Sport Australia sort of strategic outline for the next sort of few years (laughs) because literally we've been talking about... (laughs) No, we've been talking about this. Like, as far as we're concerned, the more voices in the marketplace, the better. Like, 
I think there was a time when we first started Women's Sport Australia. It was we were the Australian Women's Sport and Recreation Association. That was we started in 2005, and we were the only voice out there. And we were sort of championing and trying to do a lot of different stuff. And then the tide has changed so much and there's all these other amazing groups out there and there's like government departments in Victoria and New South Wales that are dedicated to women's sport. And it's amazing that there's all this focus around it. And I think what we're really like is we need to unify and sort of amplify all of those voices because we don't want to say, hey, we're playing in this space. Can you go and choose another cause? Like we want all of that support and there's people like just volunteers and they're just so passionate about it that are doing their own channels and podcasts like you guys like you just want to share stories you want to you want to get the word out there you want to build women up so that they can see that there are these opportunities so we're very much about sort of like bringing everyone together under the same sort of banner and cause just to promote the ideas of sort of women's sport and making sure things are equal and just to make sure that we're doing it in a strategic way so we're not going to come out with our own sort of siren sport kind of operation when we know that they're already doing that really well so why would we need to double up and do that as well so yeah just sort of a lot of the discussions that we've had as a board, certainly since I became sort of president, has been like what is already out there and what can we do as Women's Sport Australia? Because we are national, we are independent. And while we see heaps of stuff going on here in Victoria, over in WA, there's not the same sort of emphasis on women's sport. And SA, they're sort of starting to get behind things, but sort of not quite there as well. So it's like, how can we showcase what's happening in Victoria and New South Wales who are a little bit more sort of forward thinking in their sort of women's sport activity and actually share those concepts with other states so that we are nationally on the agenda around women's sport equality. Yeah, I love that vision where you sort of, you know, let's find the best of everything and, and amplify it and you see that as a big part of your role. So I really like that, which probably brings us to our next question. Where would you like to see women's sport in the next 10 years? How do you think it needs to become more of a bigger part of our society? Well, I think it's sort of one of those things that, like, if our board doesn't need to exist anymore, then that's, like, the best solution. Like, women's sport just becomes part of the vernacular. It's it's a given instead of a goal that we're all striving towards. So, like, I would love to be in a place where we don't need to exist as Women's Sport Australia because women's sport is just ingrained in all Sport Australia and we're sort of just covered under sort of the Sport Australia banner, I suppose. But we're not at that space yet. So I think it's looking at, yeah, unifying these different groups that are out there championing women's sport and making sure that we are sort of just maintaining that sort of public pressure, I suppose, to make sure that women's sport is at the forefront so that there is broadcast of women's sport, that there is sort of pay parity with the men's sort of games, that we do have equal opportunities for sports media and sort of women working in sport and leaders. Like it's just, yeah, looking at the different areas where we can influence and just making sure that we do. Yeah, that's great, Jen. And we've touched a lot on, I guess, your volunteer work within sport, but you also have a day job. <laughs> I do. Sport and a very big one. Can you tell us a bit about what your current role at Gymnastics Victoria entails? Yeah, no, definitely. So 
I am the general manager of marketing and industry development. So it's a bit of a wordy title, but my background is sort of quite strongly marketing and communications. And I also look after our corporate events. So our awards night and we run a women in sport breakfast for sort of Victorian sports. And I also look after partnerships. So they've been in my remit really for the last sort of three to four years And sort of during COVID, we sort of restructured a little bit of the organisation. So I've just recently, as of October last year, I've taken on the management of our education and workforce team. So that's sort of looking after the workforce of gymnastics. So all of our coaches and judges. So we've got a fantastic three-person education team. So they do a lot of the sort of course and accreditation and all that organisation. But I just sort of oversee them. And it's been really nice to sort of get involved in an area of gymnastics that I haven't traditionally had much to do with. So In marketing, we've got two of us and we do a lot of the sort of promotion of all of our different, obviously, events and competitions. It's just been the National Gymnastics Championships happening up on the Gold Coast, so doing a lot of promotion for that. And then just really supporting our clubs with sort of their own local marketing so that they are able to sort of have more participants experiencing the sport of gymnastics. So, yeah, getting involved with the clubs, with the coaches and the judges has been a really nice sort of shift and it's been nice to sort of use my marketing skills in a bit of a different way when I'm thinking about attracting new coaches and judges instead of just new participants into gymnastics. Yeah, that's awesome. And what do you think, I mean, you've spoken a little bit about what your journey has been like to date, but I'm keen to hear what's been your biggest challenge within your career so far? Oh, it's a good question. Like, I think it is, I I have sort of moved around jobs quite a bit when I was sort of first starting out. So I think the challenge has been sort of taking some of those moves early on in my career and really feeling like, oh, I've probably got enough experience up my sleeve to give me my next opportunity. And I've sort of been had a bit of a rude awakening that it hasn't really worked out like that. So it's been being comfortable with not having a job and sort of knowing that I'm doing other things on the side to sort of continue my learning and education and everything. But I think it really has been, yeah, like challenging when I've left jobs and not been able to find the right thing straight away. So that probably comes with age as well. And like, I definitely strongly encourage people to get into an organisation that you love and then explore new career opportunities within the organisation. It's much easier to move in an organisation than to go somewhere different. That's what I've found. But yeah, I think probably my most challenging thing right now is balancing everything that I'm doing. So I During COVID, I working on reduced hours, as many people in the sporting world were, and I just loved having my Fridays off to be able to focus on Women's Sport Australia things. And then we've gone back to full-time at gymnastics, which is great to be back to full-time. But now I'm really feeling not having that extra day up my sleeve to be able to sort of do the Women's Sport Australia stuff. So it's just making sure that I sort of stay on top of things and just sort of dedicate an hour here and there just to keeping on top of sort of emails and other commitments that I've got. Yeah, we got used to working reduced hours as well and that Friday off, I miss that a lot. Yeah, uh, enjoy it as much as I enjoy the five-day-a-week paycheck. Exactly. 100%. I enjoy my day off as well. <laughs> it's um, 
Yeah, it's been a really interesting time. What would you say the most rewarding part of working in sport is for you? I've always really loved working in sport because of the engagement that you get with people that love the sport. Like there's always the super fans and because I'm often in the communications sort of realm of sport, like being able to update the gymnastics community on the results of what's happening in the national championships that are happening at the moment and seeing all the parents and the community sort of club people jumping on and being like, amazing work, Emily, well done. Like it's just so heartening to know that I've sort of played a key role in keeping people updated about sort of the results of our athletes. I just get a lot of a buzz out of that sort of stuff. I actually was saying today to a few people that it's, I've definitely become a gymnastics person, which I didn't grow up doing gymnastics or anything like that. But I've been like eagerly checking my phone, even on the days where my marketing officer is posting as opposed to myself, because I want to know what's happening. How are the results going? Who's getting medals? How are we going compared to New South Wales and Queensland? It's bizarre. So, yeah, like I, I find it really rewarding that you just have a super engaged community that you get to be responsible for helping them drive the passion around their sport. And it's a great supportive sort of community. I love meeting different people from the sporting world. I love doing a bit of networking and there's a great sort of women in sport community as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I love about it. I, I think there's a few instances where people are like, oh, well, would you want to look at a job outside of sport? And I'm like, I really love sport. Like I know the pay probably isn't as amazing as if I went to a superannuation firm or something like that, but I'm just so passionate about sort of what I do and the communities that I work with here. But yeah, like I want to be a female leader in sport. I want to be a CEO one day. So like that's what I want to be and why would I change that? Because this is a world that I know and that I love and I want to be a leader. Yeah, there's not many jobs in the world where you actually get to go work in what is like billions of other people's passions around the world like that's what we get to do day in day out I think it's important to not take that for granted sometimes you know like everyone's got their passion and they may work in it but we're actually working something that's so many other people's passion yeah exactly and you've sort of almost got sort of like a responsibility to that community to not let them down and really like want to disappoint them when it's something that they are so passionate about Yeah, exactly. And you kind of touched on that a little bit in your last response, but I will ask it as it's one of my favourite questions. But what would you like your legacy to be? Oh, that's an interesting one. Like it's sort of something that I just, it sort of hit me the other day being like, oh, like with Women's Sport Australia, we do a six-year board term. So this is my fourth year of being on the board. So I was like, oh my God, I've only got two more years. I've got to like leave some sort of legacy as the president. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to say and things? So yeah, it's a really interesting one. Like I think I think if we can really get something strong around sort of that amplification of women's sporting groups and just have us all sort of on the same page working together, that would be amazing from a Women's Sport Australia perspective. And then from sort of my like sporting admin sort of career, like I do want to be in that leadership position and I do want to be one of those female leaders that other women working in sport can look up to and say, oh, I'd like to do that one day and sort of Jen's shown that you can. So that's sort of what I want to be able to do. 
Yeah, that's awesome. No doubt you're making um, some really good strides to get there very soon. Thank you so much for your time. We do always finish on this one question, but maybe a little bit of a twist on it today, given your role with Women's Sport Australia. But we always ask what are the top three tips you would give to a budding female sports administrator, maybe just starting out in their journey. But maybe if you could also give some insight into some of the programs that Women's Sport Australia might offer that also might help them uh, when you answer that one. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. It is a very good segue to our Women's Sport Australia Women in Sport Mentoring Program that we've got. It's a program that is very close to my heart because obviously I went through it and that's sort of given me the springboard to join the Women's Sport Australia board and now I'm the president, which still sort of I can't believe. So, yeah, that programs like that, there are so many professional development opportunities for women working in sport. So I just encourage you to really look at different opportunities that are available to you. It might be the Women in Sport Mentoring Program. It might be the Women Leaders in Sport Workshop that you get through Sport Australia, the Change Our Game scholarships that you can get in Victoria. There's lots of different opportunities. So really take them because they're ones that you can have funded and it and it's really going to make a difference. You're going to start to create a network. So looking at opportunities, number one, creating a network of other women working in sport that can sort of help you on your journey is definitely something that is going to make a difference because a lot of jobs in sport, like if you can have someone put in a good word for you, it's going to make a difference. And then number three, I'd just say you just resilience is always one of those key things that I think is so important. You might not get your dream job. I've applied for two jobs at the Hawks, been in the top two, didn't get it. Now I'm just like, oh, stuff it. I'll come back one day on the Hawks board. That's what I'd like to do. So just being resilient and backing yourself and knowing like, hey, maybe this wasn't my time, but it might be another time. So, and there might be a better opportunity out there for me. So it's just remaining optimistic and just sort of picking yourself back up and trying again. So yeah, they'd be my three tips. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really great advice. And hopefully um, some people can jump in those programs because yeah, we've, we've all heard really positive things about them. So thank you for all the work and time you spend volunteering to make sure they're possible as well. Yeah, no problem. I've got a, we're actually about to launch a scholarship for people who maybe wouldn't be able to participate in the mentoring program because it is a cost involved in it. So we've had some fantastic funding by Shona Joy, the Australian fashion brand, and they are supporting women to go through the program at no cost. So I just have to do the submission form and stuff for that. So that's on my list of things to do tonight. So yeah, just make sure that you check that one out. That should be available for the rest of the year. So very exciting. That sounds awesome. awesome. We'll definitely add it to the notes. Thanks so right. much, Jen. We look forward to talking to you again soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sports Intuition Podcast. If you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave us a rating and any reviews. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode.